What would you guys classify as the spookiest thing you could possibly think of? Like, what's the scariest thing? If you could think of something, what would it be? Like a classic <laughs> Chase's butthole warp gate. Why does my warp gate scare you? Because the things that it's seen, experienced, it's materialized some some ancient, ancient entities. <laughs> That's what makes it so terrifying. It's not the the physical manifestation of the warp gate. It's it's the potential of the warp gate. What's on the other side? What what could it physically do? You know it can uh, it can consume children souls child souls okay young young souls it can consume uh, pop culture it can consume you know it rejects pretty much all pop culture right does it yeah okay okay uh, Joe Biden definitely it, I'm, it I'm not, Joe Biden I'm not going into that oh no no okay yeah the unknown you're the unknown so space space. Space doesn't, I mean, it is anything, unknown. Anything unknown. Anything unknown, yeah. Right? We could be living in a box. Our space could be in a box, just materializing from the elements, and we would never know. And you could be rematerialized later. Yeah, into else. an apple. Into an apple. Into a clock. Into a beer can. Give it billions of years, and you, you never know. Yep. You never know. Well, if uh, life recycling is real thing, you'll find out in a billion years. Exactly. Find out. And that's terrifying. Maybe we'll be on a different planet. Possibly. What if you woke up like you're on your deathbed and you woke up one day as a baby and next thing you know, like you kind of still had recollection of your previous life, but now the sky is like red, trees are fucking blue. Interesting. Interesting. I think about this often. Like if you were in a baby, you're born as a reborn as a baby, a new person, and you can vaguely remember your past life. But as you slowly grow up, as you can start to talk, you know, you're just like, bah, 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 bah. you're trying to say stuff, but you're slowly losing memories. And then one day you just become that new person. That's yeah. it. Reincarnation, baby. Possibly. That'd be pretty sweet, though. Well, I know there's definitely one unknown. Mm. Welcome back, Purgatories, to Stuck in This Purgatory. I'm Chase. I may be an apple. Who fucking knows? Joining me in the box of unknowns is Hunter. I may be a shoe. And Adrian. Hello. Uh, he doesn't want to be anything else but hello. Yes, sir. Maybe he's the physical manifestation of the sign hello. 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 <laughs> hey, what's up? Hello. Hey, hello. Goodbye. Essentially. <laughs> you would never know. Uh, Yeah. Do you think you could be reanimated as an inanimate object with no feeling or thought? Yes. Because then how would you know you're an inanimate object? What you if... Just exist in warp time? What and... if inanimate... Animate objects knew what they were, but we they would never know. Anything. And then we just like, you know, when we're done with it, we just throw in the trash. Yeah. Wow. So you're telling me this crystal I'm looking at right here could be one of the assassinated people Hillary Clinton killed. No. No? No, but no. if you put an apple in a box, okay, and you let it deteriorate, and throughout the years it just turns into dust. Keep, keep in mind, the box has to be perfect. Nothing can come in, nothing can come out. Yes. It just turns to dust, and then all of a sudden, millions of years later, those that dust particles start just turning into basic protons, electrons, a bunch of different elements, and they keep bouncing around throughout this box, and after enough sequences, they start to repeat themselves. Well, next thing you know, if you open the box at the perfect time, there could be an apple in that box once again, could be. because those elements can recreate. Just laws of physics. You know, matter can't be destroyed. Just exactly. Can be transferred energy to one one form or another. Hmm. You know, I'm thinking about Schrodinger's cat here. Remember we talked about that? <laughs> Shortage, Shortage, Schrodinger's Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat. Interesting stuff. I don't want to go into it right now, but we talked about it in earlier episodes. If you haven't listened to that, we in our <laughs> very early, very early episodes, we just talked about random fucking shit. Uh do you do you believe the cat's alive or dead? It's hard to say. 
to be observed is to be to be perceived is to be to be. So it is whatever you want it to be, I guess. Wow, we're really philosophical today, aren't we? You know? Usually we start this out with like butthole jokes and poop or you know. <laughs> we gotta sex people rings. off, yeah. <laughs> Nut sacks, what do we call it? What is it? <laughs> the sack pack? Sack pack. <laughs> that was a hit. Hunter, tell me this. Uh. If Chase had so much money in the world, would he be a leader of a sex ring? Mm. An adultery sex he, ring. He talks a people... big game. He talks a big game. But if Chase was had unlimited money, I mean honestly you just play video games all day. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just you you would you'd experiment with every you'd have that really cool VR belt rig thing. Oh fuck. you'd be doing all sorts of wild shit. Do you, you know what? Have you contemplated being a stripper in the metaverse yet? No, I want to look into it. I want to look into I it. I mean, should th- we try? I want to, but it looks like you have to like commit a whole room to this. Like interior room? Yeah, like, like you have VR to make the room? whole room like green with so you can like make the room so it and shit. tracks you and shit. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's a commitment. That is a commitment, but it, I heard you make a lot of money. It changes your voice and everything? I'm sure you can. Can you talk like a girl though? Not it's not about sounding like a girl, but can you talk like a girl? Do you think you need to? I don't know. You could, you know, we've we've known plenty of strippers that you know you say, "Hey, how's how's it going?" They just smile and do the dancey dance. I mean, it would be even. I think it'd be even funnier if you got through a session and someone already paid you, and you're like, "All right, that was awesome." You're like, "Yeah, thanks, Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> What's so gratifying about virtual strippers, though? I, I have I no clue. Does Unless the graphics were like ten out of ten, right? Like if it was like you couldn't discern reality, but you can't. It, it looks like fucking nineteen ninety eight graphics, right? Yeah. It's oh, terrible. Yeah. It's like Laura Croft triangle titties. Yeah, I can just imagine the boobs just flopping around just all over the place. Like there's getting, no physics. Getting clipped on something <laughs> so it's like a triangle tit off it's, into space. <laughs> it's it's stringing. It's stringing. <laughs> Adrian is not having oh, it. Oh man. All right. Well, let's get on to our final plate for this month. Uh our dessert. Oh. I did mention that it would be the cream of the crop creme de lait. So I hope you guys enjoy creme de lait, because if you don't, I'm sorry, you're going to hate this episode. Do you like creme de lait? I fucking love creme de lait. Me too. Lait. So simple. So oh, good. Man. There used to be this place called Willie G's downtown, mm. and so. every Christmas they do a peppermint creme de lait. Ooh. Oh, fuck. A lot of good places have closed down. This yeah. world's going to shit. I know. Uh, all right. So since we talked about New Orleans, and if you're good at picking up hints, Adrian left a couple at the last episode. We are going to move into one of the more famous characters, or people, I should say, who inhabited New Orleans back in the early 1800s. Marie Laveau. No applause? No, nothing? No? We're not excited? You just no, dead silence? That's who we're no, starting you, with? You went straight past my whole introduction. Yeah. <laughs> that I put... <laughs> Yeah, I was a little, I was a little lost in the flow there. <laughs> How about you look at the notes for once? Never, <laughs> never. I like to be surprised. Just like now, I am just as surprised as you are that I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you say, you know, you know what, voodoo? Fucking intro. We're just getting into it. Okay. So fuck it. Now that you know the grisly history of the so-called top haunted city in America, New Orleans, let's dig a bit deeper into everyone's favorite religion that has dug its roots deep in New Orleans. Yes, you guessed it. Voodoo. Voodoo, you voodoo. So let's talk about the origins of voodoo in New Orleans. We kind of, in a previous episode, uh, we already talked a lot about voodoo, but we're going to get into the actual culture in the New Orleans. Synonymous with New Orleans, voodoo first came to Louisiana with enslaved West Africans who merged their religious rituals and practices with those of the local Catholic population. New Orleans voodoo is also known as voodoo Catholicism. It is a religion connected to nature, spirits, and ancestors. Voodoo was bolstered when followers fleeing Haiti from the 1791 slave revolt moved to New Orleans and grew as many free people of color made its practice an important part of their culture. Voodoo queens and kings were spiritual and political figures of power in 1800s New Orleans. The core belief of New Orleans voodoo is that one god does not interfere in daily lives, but that spirits do. Connection with these spirits can be obtained through various rituals such as dance, music, chanting, and snakes. Oh, snakes. Ooh. Spooky snakes. So basically, anytime I see someone out in public and they just have their snake wrapped around their neck, are they practicing voodoo? Mm, I think it has to go a little deeper than that. Because there's one dude over by our office that works at the, the health office. No he literally has like a fucking anaconda snake he brings to work and it just walks around with it. That's so interesting. Why are reptiles becoming like the number one pet? 
I think people are just getting bored. <laughs> like, fuck dogs and cats. <laughs> it's like, time to move to reptiles. Let's make shit rear. weird. So today's Grease Grease dolls, potions, and talismans are still found in stores and homes throughout the city. A reminder of the New Orleans fascination with spirits, magic, and mystery. Voodoo practices include reading, spiritual baths, prayer, and personal ceremony. It is used to cure anxiety, addictions, and feelings of depression or loneliness, as well as to help the poor, hungry, and the sick. Sounds real good. Sign me up. Uh, Shit. Yeah, until your head gets shriveled up and (laughs) fucking stitched together. (laughs) You know, I never knew this about that voodoo was religion. I always thought it was like, you know, dark magic or some shit. No, it's a religion. Isn't it all religion? Dark magic is religion. Yeah. Is it? Are you a dark practitioner? No, I'm not. not. I stay away from that stuff. So one of the popular places to practice voodoo was Congo Square. Located in Armstrong Park in the Traim neighborhood, Congo Square served as a gathering place for enslaved Africans. It was a place reserved for African traditions and expression of culture, including voodoo. Hundreds of people would gather to form drum circles and spiritual ceremonies. The area remains open today and continues to host cultural meetings. Now let's go into the fun people that power the culture of the voodoo religion in New Orleans, and we'll begin with the legendary Papa Legba. There we go. This is my favorite one. <laughs> this dude's the OG. Fucking dope dude. If you think of the way what if I if you think of an image associated with voodoo, it's this guy right here. Oh yeah. Like dude. classic top hat, top skeleton hat, face, white long paint. Dreads. Yep. Yep. Spooky fucking dude. With his creepy ass cane. Yes, the cane. Always yes. sarcastic as fuck. Yes. Deep voice. Oh yeah. That's voodoo, baby. So the practitioners of Haitian voodoo believe in a supreme creator, Bonde which translates in French into good God. However, the supreme creator does not intercede in human affairs. For that, there are loas, subservient spirits that act as intermediaries between Bonde and the human world. Perhaps the most important loa is in voodoo. Tradition is Papa Legba. So people that don't know voodoo, there are over 1,000 types of loas in the voodoo religion, typically spelled L W A, so it doesn't look like loa. L W A. The loa can offer help, protection, and counsel to humans in return for ritual service. They are thought of having wisdom that is useful for humans, although they are not seen as moral exemplars, which practitioners should. Imitate. Each loa has its own personality and are associated with specific colors, days of the week, and objects. The loa can be either loyal or capricious in their dealings with their devotees. Buddhists believe that loa are easily offended. For instance, if they offered food that they dislike... When angered, the loa are believed to remove their protection from their devotees or to inflict misfortune, illness, or madness on an individual. This Fun. sounds a lot like fairies. Fun fairy magic. Does it not? It's just all It's spirits. mischievous. Yeah. yeah, there's all connections. Yeah. So Papa Legba is the gatekeeper between the human and the spirit world. And no one can reach the spirits without pa- Papa Legba acting as an intermediary. The origins of Papa Legba. There is often in- intermingling between Roman Catholicism and voodoo. And as a result, Catholic traditions are often associated with voodoo beliefs. Bonde, the supreme creator, is seen as God and the Loa are similar to saints. In this case, Papa Legba is most often considered a contemporary of St. Peter, who is the gatekeeper to heaven. In other instances, he is associated with St. Lazarus, the lame beggar, or St. Anthony, the patron saint of lost things. Or the creepy hotel, or excuse me, the creepy <laughs> hospital in Colorado. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, technically it is a Great hotel episode. in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hotel for the dead. Yeah. Yeah, go listen to that episode. That was fucking fun. That was a great episode. If you want to see one of our friends get too drunk, go listen. <laughs> you can audibly hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you actually can hear it in real time as he deteriorates yeah. slowly. It's great. 
Papa Legba is most commonly depicted as a poor old man wearing a straw hat dressed in rags and smoking a pipe. He is usually accompanied by dogs. He needs to lean on a crutch or a cane to walk. However, though he may at first glance appear old and weak, he is actually one of the most powerful gods in the voodoo tradition. He walks with a limp because he walks in two worlds at once, the world of the living and the world of the spirits. The cane that he leans on is not an ordinary cane. It is actually the gateway between the human world and the heavens. Now that's badass. That is wild. Just imagine he just like <laughs> waves his cane. He's like, here you go, spirit world. Don't mind my pimp walk here. I'm just visiting. <laughs> Legba is strongly associated with crossroads magic and is referenced in a number of early 20th century blues tunes from the area of the Mississippi Delta. Famed bluesman Robert Johnson is said to have met a spirit at the crossroads and offered him his soul in exchange for musical success. Although eventually the story was twisted to say Johnson met the devil, musical folklorists believe that tale is rooted in racist ideology. Instead, Johnson met Legba at the crossroads, where he had gone seeking guidance and wisdom. Papa Legba is a master communicator who is said to speak the language of all human beings. He then translates petitions and delivers them to the Loa. He is a teacher and warrior, but also a trickster deity. Legba is a remover of obstacles and can be consulted to help find new, positive opportunities, thanks to his ability to open doors and new roads. Man's a G. Now, does he exist out? He exists outside of New Orleans, I assume. Like, if, oh, you, if yeah, you grew up there and you're the like, voodoo. I'm gonna go live in Wyoming. Yeah, it's the voodoo religion. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's he's he's um um he's he's, he's all powerful. He's a planeswalker. He's That's all good. over the fucking place. No, this is great. Yes, gotta check this guy out. He um, seems he seems legit. That made him sound a lot less scary than I imagined him being, though. That's what they believe in the voodoo tradition. Hmm. I told you, it's not scary. Okay. Every time he's you know depicted in movies and shit, it's like. You're making the deal with the devil. No. In a way, you could be. Yeah, I mean, you if could you be. Ask he's for the, wrong he's thing. the one fucking sending you there, isn't he? Deal's a deal, baby. It can be good or bad. Once again, they're they're not good or bad. It matters how you treat them. So if you do something bad to him, he's going to give you misfortune and sickness, illness, or death. But if you treat him well, he'll give you good fortune. <laughs> Love Just it. like everything in the world. Hmm? <laughs> do good. Be good to your people. So... If you have problems moving forward with your life, you're stuck at the crossroads. Legba is the one to reach out to. He does expect payment, however, in exchange for his assistance. Typically, offerings might include candy, such as chocolate and other candy, alcohol, particularly dark rum, or pipe tobacco or cigars. Legba, like the other Loa, is represented by a Vivi. See what I'm saying there, right? Veve. Veve. Vev. A symbol that includes a number of interlocked keys and a cane. He can be summoned with proper offerings and a chant. One of the most popular is... Don't you do it. Someone... No, no one's going to pick you. it up? I gotcha. Papa Legba, open the gate for me. Papa Legba, open the gate for me. Open the gate for me, Papa Legba. That I pass. When I return, I will thank the Loa. There he is. Wow, Hunter's like, fuck my house. We talked about not doing this stuff, and here we are. <laughs> this, these are for the confines of it not our houses. It said proper offerings and a chant. Yeah, we, we didn't give proper offerings. Yeah, we only filled half the, the requirements. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't successful. It's just like when you get a Ouija board. If you don't play it, yeah, it's just a board. I don't know, it's, man. It's like when you roll dice. If you roll a one, <laughs> it's a miss. A 20 is a crit. We hit, we hit a 10. We hit a 10? We hit a 10. Still pretty good roll. That's a little freaky freak. <laughs> Not loving this. Back me up, people. This is freaking me out. Most people who work with Legba are those who have been initiated into New Orleans voodoo, Haitian voodoo, Santeria, or one of the many other African dysporic traditional religions. There are very specific ways of contacting Legba, many of which are initiatory traditions with protocol that must be followed. By working under the tutelage of a... Whew, Hongan or Mambo, a devotee participates in ceremonies and rituals to form a relationship with Legba and the Loa. Some practitioners of hoodoo and other African traditional religions develop these connections via personal devotion with dedicated altars and appropriate offerings to the spirit. So, 
what to offer Legba in exchange for special requests. Oh, here's my answer to my question. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> you should be offering life this. Up, yeah. Legba is loa to petition when you have special problems or when things are getting in the way of your progress in life. It is customary to offer things to him as payment for his help. Legba likes candy, toys, and coconut as offerings, or anything children would enjoy. The dog is sacred to him. His favorite color is red and black, and his number is three. Of course it's three. It's always three. Now that we have warmed your hearts with the gatekeeper of voodoo, let's get into the voodoo queen herself. Whoa. Here we Whoa. are. Whoa. Here Hold we up. are. Hold up. We didn't even talk about, about these the, offerings. Yeah, I, the, I had a question for you The guys. Legba petition. Yeah. I wanted to ask what would you guys offer to Mr. I, Legba? Is it not the same? No. No. Oh, it's not the same. Then hold the horses before you say oh the petition. God. I was going to say, you're going to let him say the petition? No. I mean, it's already, we're already fucked now. I would like to know, <laughs> I would like to know what y'all would, would offer to Mr. Legba. What I would offer to Mr. Legba. Um, I think that the best chocolate out there is the, the like Landorfs or something. They're like the little balls of like truffle oh, balls. Oh yes, those are oh, good. Man, those are, those are good. Delicious. Adrian, what would you offer to to Papa Legba? A coconut. Damn <laughs> fucking straight. You pick the easiest thing out there. You just go to the store and pick up a coconut. I mean, they're not always in stock. Oh, no? you're really? They're not always yeah. in season. Huh. Come on. You know, in Colorado, they go... only grow a couple months out of the year, my guy. <laughs> The Colorado uh, coconut. And, and In-N-Out, they only last about a week. <laughs> <laughs> that did that palm tree did die quick, oh didn't it? Oh, my God. Who, I don't know who in In-N-Out thought that would be a good idea how to bring much, a fucking palm tree let's to put Colorado. Bets. How much did that tree cost to get here in Colorado? Oh, a full-size tree. I bet that tree was probably about four grand. I want to say 30 or 40 grand. You think? I'm going to look it up. Adrian, what do you I mean, think? I mean, it's just a palm tree. I'm guessing 15000 if we're counting the, the import and export here. Well, I didn't have to export it. I mean, it's just you're just transporting it from like California or some shit. Yeah, but that's still costly. Yeah, makes sense. So, I, I mean, in today's prices, yeah, it does look like they're about eight hundred dollars when they're fully grown. And and one of the first search things, I'm not getting conclusive data here, but can a palm tree survive in Colorado? Colorado is one of the coldest states in the U.S. Lie, on account of the outrageous climate conditions, even the chi- the chilly hardiest palm trees are probably not going to endure. No fucking shit. I could have told you that. <laughs> But I'm not getting a price here. I'm gonna say, you know, maybe fifteen grand. Ridiculous a number, and they let that tree die. He's I'm taking sorry. my number. Yeah, he is. No, I split mine in half. I, I'm, I'm with you, Adrian. I'm with you. <laughs> Fucking, what are we talking about? Now, All right, well, let's petition. The... Let's petition for Legba here, okay? Now that we've offered him a coconut, some Landorfs, and Hunter, uh, In and Out, In and Out, <laughs> <laughs> a dog, a new dog collar. Mm-hmm. Let's petition Legba. Papa Legba, open the door. Your children await. Open the door, Papa Legba, so that I may pass. When I return, I will thank the Loa. Do you feel anything? No, but I hear a humming. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's that's the beer fridge. That's normal. How about we talk about your favorite person, get you back in the mood. Finally, we get to the person that I originally wanted the episode to be about. (sighs) Heavy size of you, Adrian. (sighs) Now that we have warmed your hearts with the gatekeeper of voodoo, let's get into the voodoo queen herself, Madame Laveau, or Marie Laveau. I, I had to just warm you up, you know? Yeah. Get you nice and toasty, put you over the fire. Now we got the chestnuts out. You're going to yep. start roasting those. We're going to talk about one of the nicest people ever. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> she with That's she has a very uh, poorly depicted life. Oh, they make her sound like she's some like fucking murderous voodoo witch. So in 19th century New Orleans, Marie Laveau proved that voodoo was much more than sticking pins in dolls and raising zombies. Uh, this is for you, Adrian. You can raise zombies? Necromancy. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, sign me the fuck up. You know, Hunter still missed out on that fucking movie episode. All he, all he had to say is necromancy. I'm Sam. Oh, you know. You know, I didn't want to read those wiki pages. Always get me. There's just a bunch of neckbeards. Let me just necromancy. Even in the movie, I don't think he ever did that. Continue, Chase. While the white world dismissed her as a evil cultist who practiced black magic and held drunken orgies, New Orleans black community knew her as a healer and herbalist who preserved African belief systems while melding them with those of the New World. For decades, Marie Laveau would hold spiritual ceremonies of healing and faith in New Orleans' Congo Square every Sunday. 
a gathering place for the city's oppressed blacks who weren't allowed to congregate in public on most other days. Congo Square on Sundays provided their one chance for community. And though Marie Laveau's voodoo ceremonies allowed worshippers to practice their faith, the whites literally spying from the trees nearby reported sensationalized accounts of occult drunken orgies and dismissed Laveau as an evil witch. But this true story of Marie Laveau is much richer and more nuanced than the inflammatory myths that have persisted for more than a century. Burn her on a stake! Okay, does she float? Does she float? Does she float? Does she float? Uh, yes. She's a witch. Burn Absolutely not. Wood will sink, ducks will float. True. So, if she weighs the same as a duck, Great she's a witch. <laughs> Burn her! Okay, Burn picture her. picture this for a moment. You're a, a strapping young lad, you know, white male, spying in a tree, and you see a drunken orgy. Why wouldn't you be excited? Why do you? Why is your first instinct to just condemn? That'd be incredible. Yeah, but that was this was back when, like... People the were 1800s. Yeah, the all people... I'm trying to say is times were fucked up back then, and people had their priorities wrong. An orgy, great time. Especially you had alcohol in that, even better time. Yeah, but you know when like their daughter or son or wife or whatever died, they'd had no explanation for it. So yeah. they're like, "Wow, these people are doing some weird shit." They probably cursed my child. <laughs> they made you drink blood. The doctor was like, "Drink this blood, and you'll feel better." <laughs> yeah, one of the main reasons for pilgrims to the new world was religion. So you got to think about that way. I'm just saying, if we would have figured out our lives sooner as a human race, we probably would be living on multiple planets right now and be immortal. But no, we have fucking nine to five jobs and taxes. I, I feel like the free the nipple movement would have gone further. Much further. <laughs> which is naked in forests would have been a normal Saturday night. Yes. Which I think we can all agree. That is great. a normal Saturday night. Well, if you're in for, the pagan cults, yeah, it is. for the purgators, it's a normal day. <laughs> that's hey, that's a great thing. You sign up on Patreon. That's hey, we're offering that new. Wait, naked witch nights, baby. Oh, we're all yeah. Gonna, oh, it's gonna be a little weird for the first couple of months, and it's just the three of us running around naked. Don't tell them that. <laughs> that sounds like an every Saturday night for us. <laughs> <laughs> Marie Laveau's origins before becoming the storied priestess of New Orleans was that of a free person of color living in the most colorful city in the United States, New Orleans. An article in the New Orleans Times Picune Picayune? Picune. Picune? Sure. April 1886 adorably rec- Adorably? Wait, what? Go back. I love it. Adoring. Adoringly remembered Marie Laveau as gifted with beauty and intelligence. She ruled her own race and made captive of many of the others. She did look like a baddie for sure. Yes. I mean, she's a fucking voodoo witch. She's she's the queen. She's working with yes. Papa Legba all Hell the time. Yeah. Oh my god. She, you know she was asking for fortune. beauty. A Creole woman with her own set of rules and strong beliefs who was surrounded by the political and religious influence of wealthy white men. Marie Laveau was a trailblazer for all women. Her strong convictions and loyal confidentiality have kept her a mysterious legend for centuries. The early life of Marie Laveau. It is believed that Marie Laveau was born in the French Quarter of New Orleans. When she was born was not recorded, but by doing some research and math, it has been deduced it was in 1801. Enhance, enhance, math. Pixelate, pixelate. Her mother, her mother, Margaret Darkentral, was a freed slave and mistress of her father, Charles Laveau, a wealthy mulatto businessman. Marguerite gave birth to Marie at her mother, Miss Catherine's home, and then returned to her relationship, leaving her baby girl with her mother. Marie Laveau was the first born free in her family. It is said that Marie's great-grandmother came to New Orleans as a slave from West Africa in the mid-1700s. Her grandmother, Catherine, was purchased by a free woman of color. Catherine was eventually able to buy her freedom and build her small home in the French Quarter, where Marie Laveau would live and become the legendary voodoo queen of America. That's a great, uh, that's a great origin story. Yes. Right? That's just the making of Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda <laughs> forever! Fucking love that shit. On August 4th, 1819, a young Marie Laveau married Jacques Paris, a free person of color from Haiti, at St. Louis Cathedral. Her father, who never married her mother but signed documents declaring to be Marie's father, stood at her wedding and signed the marriage contract on her behalf on July 27th, 1819. Her wedding gift from her father was property that he owned on Love Street, which is now North Rampart, 
But documents show that by 1820, Marie and Jacques were living on Dauphine Street between Dumaine and St. Philippe. The city director lists Jacques as a cabinet maker. Interesting. It's all fucking... Just interesting about Jacques' life. I didn't, I didn't need to know that. Yes, you did. <laughs> it is part of Marie Laveau. We're painting the picture here, boys and girls. She's like, I'm sick of this cabinet making. I'm going into the voodoo business. Great choice. You have to understand why people call her the voodoo queen. Why? So you have to learn her life. Oh, okay. And why is because Chase wanted to learn. So this is Chase's learning. Again, I feel attacked now. Thanks. You feel like you did this special for me. I appreciate it. 100%. But fuck you. This special, this episode is for you, Chase. Right. This is like day one here, baby. Most researchers say that Marie and Jacques did not have any children. However, baptismal records from St. Louis Cathedral show entries for two daughters. Marie Angelie Paris, baptized in 1823, and Felicity Paris, baptized in 1824 are both listed as the daughters of Marie Laveau and Jacques Paris. How punked would you be if Chase was low-key the third kid and he's been an immortal being this whole time and we didn't even fucking know? That'd be so cool. Just have little seances in my house every night. (laughs) He had no no idea. He's been obsessed with this this, this character since the day one of the podcast and we found out why today. Here now, you've heard it, folks. If that's the case, I really want to know what she uh, devoted to Papa Lepa. (laughs) (laughs) Because you need to continue that process. Apparently. You know what? She just had to man- materialize and bring into the world the warp gate. It's all a plan. It's all a master plan. It's I haven't all figured a out master yet. plan. Felicity's records state that she was seven years old at the time of her baptism, which would mean that she was born in 1817, two years before Marie and Jacques' marriage. Unfortunately, the records on Marie and Julie and Felicity stopped there. Oh, bummer. Spooky ghost. The mystery, maybe she devoted their children's lives. Take my children. Mystery. The mysteries that surround Marie Laveau started early in her life. The disappearance of her first two daughters is similar to the disappearance of Jacques Paris. Oh, now you want to know who Jacques Paris is. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> wow, I, th- I feel like that was preemptive. <laughs> yes, it was, because it always is. I mean, he did write the notes. Yeah, he did. So he did. He planned this shit. He plans this shit out, doesn't he? He plans to attack me. 100% of the time. I'm surprised he doesn't put more little things to fuck us up in there. He's an asshole. There is no documentation of his death, though the baptismal record of Felicity declared him to be deceased. What we do know for certain is that Marie called herself the Widow Paris for the remaining years of her life. In around 1826, Marie found love again with Louis Christophe, Dumcil de Glapion. Damn, Chase, are you French? Uh, I'm starting waiting to believe for that one. I, I was waiting. I was reading some notes and shit, and I I came across that one. I'm like, Adrian, please, for the love of God, tell me you didn't put this name in there. And he's like, I think it is. Fuck me. I'm legit convinced that you are her strange child because you just said that <laughs> flawlessly. I've seen you mess up names, American names. <laughs> John um, Smith. John Smith. John Smith. Smith. Oh yeah. I've seen you do that, but this shit was too easy. You couldn't even say Krampus for the longest time. <laughs> Krampus! As, hey, I'm cultured. <laughs> That's what this podcast has done. It just evolved, baby. It's cultured. Wouldn't you say, Adrian? I feel like we've evolved. Yeah. Good. I'm We're moving up to the apple stage. Yeah. apple. Ooh. Okay. We're not rotting? I feel like we were rotting. No. Okay. We're not dust yet? Not yet. Okay. 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 Glompion came from a... Prom- See, he couldn't even say prominent. He just drops nuggets and then it's prominent. <laughs> I love it, dude. You're a fucking French old immortal being. No wonder I can't speak English. Glompion came from a prominent New Orleans family, a wealthy white gentleman that would spend his last 30 years in a common law marriage with Laveau. Interracial couples were common in New Orleans, but forbidden to marry by law. What the fuck? Hey, man. It was a long time ago. That's I know. Fucking... I just it's still dumb as shit. That's all. I mean, it's getting the point. It's almost two hundred years ago. You just got a baddie right there, and you can't even marry her. Just yeah. ridiculous. But you can you can be together, but you can't marry. Catherine Marie's grandmother passed away in 1831. A creditor surfaced and claimed that Catherine was indebted to her home in an additional lump sum. Her cottage on Saint Anne that Marie had grown up in was put up for auction. 
Guampion came to the rescue and purchased her childhood home. The Creole cottage on St. Anne would continue to be the home of Laveau, Christophe Guampion, and their family until the end of the 19th century. Adrian, are you trying to kill me with this name? Yes. Good Lord. Christophe Guampion died in June of 1855, after being Laveau's common-law husband and devoted father to their children for almost 30 years. There is no evidence of Marie ever taking up with another man after Glumpion's death. One can only assume she knew it would be impossible to replace a love so big. I can't wait for the people to come in and be like, wow, dude, you butchered that fucking name. You <laughs> said it like 16 times. I'm hoping some people from New Orleans send some emails. <laughs> we tell you how to say it. Like Oscar loves to correct us. I know. Hey, shout out to Oscar. Have we heard from him in a while? Yes, we did. Much love to that guy. Yes. Much love. Yes. And you know what? Just for old time's sake... Fucking Joe. Big love oh, to the Jedi yeah. Joe. Jedi Joe, baby. And and Minder, because she's going to be the co-founder on the... Sackpack. Sackpack. <laughs> See, there's our three. We love you guys. Hell yeah. There are stories out there that say Marie started having babies with Glompion immediately and that they had 15 children over the course of 20 years. However, what is actually recorded is that they have had seven children from 1827 to 1839. Three of these children died in infancy. Marie Philomene Glampion, born a free quadroon in 1836, lived the longest of the children. She would eventually be who many assumed the infamous Marie II. So, was Marie Lavu a voodoo queen or good Samaritan? Nobody knows how Marie Lavu spent her days or her nights, but the story that most tour guides tell is that she was a hairdresser to wealthy white women who felt comfortable confessing their darkest secrets and fears to Marie. Some part-time researchers think that Marie II actually held the hairdresser profession. The widow Paris was much more likely to spend her days in service to others. Marie was a generous woman of devout Catholic faith and known to use her means and magic to help those in need. Marie attended Catholic Mass regularly her home filled with images of saints, and she created a space that was protected and safe for all that lived with or visited her. She ministered to prisoners locked up inside the Cab... Cabildo? Cabildo! The Caldildo? <laughs> all I see is Bilbo Baggins. Cabildo. <laughs> We're going on an adventure! <laughs> At the Cadildo! At the Cadildo! That's actually what it looks like. She ministered to prisoners locked up inside the Cabildo. Offering guidance to redemption and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Marie Laveau was a woman filled with compassion and strong religious faith and a clear intention to help the people in her community. John Kendall, a local writer in the early 20th century and a self-professed expert on Laveau, wrote, After dark, she might see carriages roll up to Marine's door and veiled ladies elegantly attired. Descend and hurry in to buy what the old witch had for sale. An errant fraud, no doubt, but money poured into her lap down to the last day of her evil life. Is he writing about Laveau? Yeah, someone fucking doesn't like her. Yeah, what the fuck? That was real biased. Obviously, Mr. Kendall was not a fan of Miss Laveau. Fuck you, John. Let me guess. You're a white fucking guy in the trees watching the orgies. Oh, he's probably jerking off. You bitch. Perhaps he was one of many that thought voodoo was part of the dark arts, which is unfortunate. The core value of New Orleans voodoo is protection. Protecting Chase. In my butthole. He is sacred. New Orleans voodoo is the only Afro-Catholic religion to emerge in North America. New Orleans voodoo was born of the influence of not only the African nations that were at the root of their religion, but also from the New World colonies that had brought in African slaves. We had to remember that in the 1700s, there were many enslaved in St. Dominique, Cuba. Brazil, as well as Louisiana. It was the Haitian Revolution that began in 1791 that had the most significant influence in the creation of New Orleans voodoo. And it was the frightening story of the revolution that heightened the fear of the religion in the white community. The Haitian Revolution began with a voodoo ceremony at Bois Cayman. A voodoo priest led the service, which included sacrificing a pig and a blood oath to overthrow the French. Just that's a few th- fucking dope. That's satanic is what <laughs> that, that is. Exactly. I don't know if that's even voodoo. That's fucking straight satanic. 
I have a question, guys. It's about sacrificing. Because in all religions, sacrificing things was a a thing. When you sacrifice an animal, do you eat it still? Or is it just... No, because it's an offering to the god or deity that you're sacrificing. So weird. Yeah, usually it turns like rotten right away. Because it's being manifested. Waste of meat. Waste of meat. I I honestly think sacrificing was just to quench the bloodthirst of people. I, I mean, we were very barbaric. I mean, think about back in ancient times, dude. We're crazy. Yeah. They, we they would see gore. They would fucking purposely call out witches just to see him hang and burn. Yeah, we were, we were fucked up. Bonnie people. and Clyde, oh, people yeah. were rushing their fucking dead bodies to rip pieces of clothing off of them. Oh, or yeah. when their corpses were going past, like mm-hmm. bones and shit. Like mm-hmm. they were grave digging for their bones because it was an artifact that they tra- cherished. I stand by my statement earlier. If we had figured out life a little bit sooner, we'd be fucking living on Mars, living it up. Yeah. You know, we'd all, we'd all have flying cars and Adrian wouldn't have ass cancer. That's a fact. That's a fact. (laughs) Or it could be from all the radiation of the future. Who knows? Oh, shit. I forgot about that. (laughs) Nuclear devices we hold in our pockets. Just a few days later, rebel slaves began to burn the sugar plantations and kill the white population. The New Orleans Spanish Judicial Archives has a 1773 documented case in which several slaves were tried for conspiring to kill their master and the slave overseer by means of grease grease. Grease grease in New Orleans is a bag of herbs or magical substances that is carried or delivered with the intention of taking control over another, protection, or for good luck. This comes from the African grease grease bags, bags with blessed objects or substances that were believed to have magical properties of protection or power. It is likely that as the influx of African and Haitian slaves was coming into Louisiana and New Orleans, their practices began to blend. Some say that the elders passed down what they remembered, and the young slaves began to incorporate all of these practices into what is now New Orleans voodoo. The making and carrying grease-grease bags was a huge part of the voodoo practice, and if you think about it, quite similar to statues, candles, and pendants of saints which are adorned by Catholics. Prayer to lesser deities, communion with Loa, and placing offerings at altars were common practices in many faiths. But these secret, uncivilized practices generate pure fear in the white community. This is why voodoo has a bad name. Yes, It's totally. because it's all started back in the 1771. I think witchcraft in general is why it has a fucking bad name. Here's my thing about this, guys. It's, it's okay for Catholics people to keep saints like their finger bone in a in the display for everyone to see but oh god forbid i want to put a flower in a bag and call it my my charm bag or my grease grease bag i'm the fucking devil then <laughs> right it's fucked up uh it all goes back to majority history, wins man yeah, it all saying, goes back it's, to history. It's, it's fucking sheep man who controlled the world at that time yes so there is much speculation on how marie laveau rose to her throne as voodoo queen there is a theory that she trained under the guidance of Sanite Didi and Marie Salope. Probably the most exciting theory is that she was a student of the famous Dr. John. Dr. John? Dr. John, baby! And others rationalize that she would have been raised in a collaboration of Catholicism and voodoo by her grandmother and mother, both of whom would have been practitioners with Catholic faith. There may even be some elements of truth in all of these theories. Visit New Orleans and take a cemetery or ghost tour, and you will undoubtedly hear about Marie Laveau's followers and her mysterious gatherings in Congo Square. Congo Square is just a short walk over Rampart Street from the Laveau-Glampion House on St. Anne. In the 1800s, Code Noir granted Sundays and holidays to the New Orleans slaves. They would spend their free time cultivating gardens, fishing, and other things that would give them goods to sell and trade. Many would have their Sunday worship at St. Augustine's Church and walk over to Congo Square with their goods to set up a market. By the mid-1800s, Congo Square had become more than a market. It was a community center for New Orleans people of color. I gotta check this place out, man. Dude, New Orleans is dope. I feel like you could spend a whole month there just exploring the history, let alone throwing beads at people. Yes. Yes. There's a lot. We haven't even talked about the beads yet. <laughs> the boobies! Everybody loves boobies. Everybody loves boobies. Marie Laveau would attend the gatherings in Congo Square on Sundays and sell her grease grease bags, offer advice and service to her community, and partake in the celebration. 
It is here that legends talk about her singing and performing her spiritual celebrations, conjuring the great spirit, serpent spirit and becoming filled with the spirit of Loa, wearing her queen of voodoo crown proudly. She seems like a dope-ass woman. I've never actually heard of such a crazy cool lady. Well, I, I didn't want to speak too soon, but because um, it might still be in the notes, and I'm probably going to yelled out by Adrian. But she, there was two other places that she practiced a lot in as well. She would, uh, she practiced in her backyard, and that's where she would basically summon one of the snake gods. Ooh, shit. Yeah, the serpent. Yeah. yeah. And then there was another one, I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like a private get-together that was over by Lake Par- Pontchartrain. Oh. And that's where, like, the real voodoo shit went down with, like, all her voodoo followers. So there was three places that she did all of her shit. Fun. The Congo Square celebrations were weekly. However, there was one night a year that was sacred to the Creoles who practiced voodoo, St. John's Eve. St. John's Eve, or the Eve of the Fest of St. John the Baptist, is an observance of the summer solstice, Midsummer's Eve. Ah, Are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? Midsummer, the movie is trash. It was trash. So bad. <laughs> Literally the worst scary movie ever. I, I don't even classify it as it's scary. It's not it's scary. supposed to be a scary movie. <laughs> it was so bad. You all offend. You offend so many people every time you guys talk. Oh God. Maybe I should just sew my mouth shut like a voodoo doll. I can't talk anymore. I would stick needles in you. Ooh. <laughs> the day is acknowledged and celebrated among many culturals, culturals, cultures, and religions, dating back to the Celtics, Druids, and European pagan rituals. For the New Orleans voodoo community, it meant coming together for ritual bathing in sacred waters and communing around bonfires. And like the Sunday Congo Square celebrations, St. John's Eve ceremonies were supposedly led by Laveau. You can use your imagination and the images that have been planted in our minds by modern cinema to picture what exactly went on during these ceremonies. What do you think happened during these ceremonies, Chase? I see a lot of drugs. Mm. I see a bonfire, mm. and I see a lot of half-dressed women dancing in a circle while they dance in circles. This just sounds like one of your your, your astral projecting dreams. It sounds like your sex dream, <laughs> your tentacle porn dream. I don't know. I think if I found myself in that situation, I would be kind of scared. Yeah, fair enough. Like think about the, in uh, your pretty face going to hell mm-hmm. when the dumb oh, the yeah. demon is supposed to get uh, summoned by the witches once a year to have an orgy. Yep, and he's like. That is terrifying. I'm the de- <laughs> well, he's not the devil, but yeah. I'm a demon, and they rape me. <laughs> and that shit was fucked up for me. You know, I see, I, I see, I see, I see uh, two words here, boys. This is all I see. You ready? You ready, Adrian? Butt stuff. Your pretty face is going to hell when <laughs> he impregnates that. When he turns into a snake. Yeah. You see the episode? Yeah. He impregnates that. He impregnates uh, Gary. Oh my god. Yes. That shit was fucking twisted. Doesn't he give birth to a spider? Yep. <laughs> he gives birth to like some yeah, demon baby I think thing. It's a spider. No, it's some demon baby thing in the elevator. Remember in the pool of water. Yeah, yeah. And then Gary's all like, "Oh well, I'm the mom, and you're treating me like shit. This is our baby." He tries to breastfeed it. It's just blood. He's like, "Nothing's coming out." <laughs> I'm so sad that was canceled. That's so funny. Well, Hollywood tells us it was a lot of naked dancing and orgies around bonfires. See, I've been Hollywoodized. You're mainstream. You, I'm you pop sell culture. Out. He's a sellout. God damn it. The one thing I hate. Why are we making any money? God damn it. Even the white journalists of the 19th century used the mysterious celebration to report the supposed savage and immoral acts. In July of 1869, nice, nice. a local news column reported, June is the time devoted by the voodoo worshippers to the celebration of their most sacred and therefore most revolting rites. The writer goes on to describe midnight dances, bathing, and eating together with less innocent pleasures. Sounds like this dude's just a fucking lame ass. Suburban dad. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like you're not getting it. You're not getting laid at home. There is an interesting little mention in the article where the writer announces the retirement of Laveau. He refers to her reign as the voodoo queen for a quarter of a century. Today, the celebration of St. John's Eve is still alive and revered. It takes place on Bayou St. John in New Orleans and brings together the practicing voodoo community, as well as those with respectful curiosity. 
You will find everyone dressed in white and following the leader of local voodoo priest Sali on Glassman, doing their best to make Marie proud. It's probably just Sally. I probably butchered that. Sally nah, and Glassman. Nah, man, you fucking French, you French frog. So the end of the era on June 15th, 1881, Marie Laveau died peacefully in her cottage on St. Anne Street, just a few months shy of her 80th birthday. R.I.P., baby. She was a witch. Yep. Why? 1881, bro. 80 years old in 1881. That is wild. You're right. That's fucking nuts. It's like the the dude, that Instagram that I saw or you sent or someone, and it was like, you want to know why everybody feels when they turn 30 because 100 years oh, ago yeah. <laughs> you when you turned 30 that, that was, was the end of your life yeah, so your body years. is like you're not supposed to be here anymore <laughs> <laughs> you know I, i'm just curious chase uh she lived to be 80 how did did she have to consume babies like you do through the warp gate is that how she maintained her youth that's a good question i don't fucking know that's she wild is papa well, tell us papa Leg- he's right adrian this is papa why Legba? i put papa legba in there yes okay I just want to know what he. She was offering him, man. Holy shit! So a your lot deal, of coconuts. Do you think that poon? <laughs> a lot of coconuts. Maybe that poon. No, he was poon. like a little kid. Uh, That's what they said. He likes his rewards like a little kid. So yeah, he's an innocent spirit. Yeah, but just I don't see coconuts in Louisiana. Exactly. They're yeah they're more exotic. Yeah. They've been eaten by Legba. Well, that that cabinetry business must have been fucking tits. <laughs> tits. Literally. <laughs> fucking mint. <laughs> fucking mint. <laughs> New Orleans Cemetery records prove that she was interred in the Widow Paris tomb in St. Louis Number no. 1 Cemetery. Marie Laveau's to- tomb is the most visited tomb in all of New Orleans cemeteries. Unfortunately, not all visitors are respectful, and there have been countless acts of vandalism to her tomb. The defacing of her tomb became such an issue that the Archdiocese and New Orleans Catholic cemeteries, or the Knock, they're the knock. The knock. No longer allow tourists to enter St. Louis Number no. 1 Cemetery without a licensed tour guide who holds a permit from the knock. It's like the narcs. The knock. It's I like wish the we narcs had a... from the Catholic churches. I wish we had a cooler acronym because ours is sit pee. God damn it. Sit pee. Just make sure, just make sure to sit when you pee. Make sure you sit when you pee. <laughs> we could be the knock, but instead we're the sit pee. We're the sit pees. If we listen to the guides on ghost tours or voodoo tours, then we are excitedly led to believe that Marie Laveau was indeed a voodoo queen and that her ghost still roams her cottage on St. Anne and has even been sighted at her tomb. Unfortunately, the only recorded truth to any of those stories is that she indeed lived and died in her St. Anne cottage, which was demolished in 1907. Why? Why would you destroy such a historic thing? We have the fucking Molly Brown house. I demolished that thing. Why we? I keep this thing. This thing's much cooler. Yeah, that's. You would think that. You would, th- especially in today's society, you would think that that would be cherished. It's bullshit. Or at least restored. Fuck. Lame. What? The big thing about New Orleans is they're fucking cemeteries. They're all fucking numbered. Yeah, that is super weird. Yeah, it's. How so? Explain more. It just like the Saint ones Louis that we number one, yeah, or the, the Saint that... Roche that was one and two. Yep. Huh. Well, that's strange. It's I weird. Mean, if that's how they got to keep track of it, uh, they're all, seriously they're all in the middle they, of the cities, so it's weird. They can't think of different cemetery names. Here's the thing that blows my mind about the cemeteries, though, in New Orleans. Yeah. That place is literally water level. So yeah. <laughs> if anything were to happen, could you imagine just all the floating dead bodies <laughs> that fucking place? There goes John! Shit, John, I just saw you the other day! <laughs> Gruesome. Damn, you're right, because fucking That's global fucked up. warming, goddammit. Here that it comes. fucked up. That's what they use for voodoo dolls. They're like, oh, there's John. <laughs> <Yep>. Cut him up. <laughs> then they're selling them in their shop for tourists like us in today's age. That's <laughs> fucked. I'll buy that. And then we're, oh, well, that's strange. <laughs> oh, that's strange. I like it. <laughs> Songs have been written about her. She has inspired movies, and the popular television show American Horror Story has created a fan cult devoted to her legend. She has crossed the line from a historical figure to a famous pop culture icon 138 years after her death. So one one quick fun little tip: If you are in New Orleans, you go with the, 
tour guide to the cemetery. It is said that each X on her tomb that has a circle around it represents a wish that has come to fruition. The visitors that return to the tomb let others know if their wishes come true. So if you go there, you see her her tomb, put an X on it and a circle. And that's where you wish, and she will let her powers go. Hmm. But you have to have a permit. Yeah, well, that sounds like defacing it. <laughs> yeah, but just deface your fucking gravesite. Grant me a wish. I'm going to carve in your fucking tomb. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Well, what would you guys think of Marie Laveau? Fucking gangster, my dude. Fucking mint. I can see why you, you respected this lady. Yeah, she's fucking dope. I and had know nothing about her before this, so this is awesome. Everybody, and like that's where her the story of her comes from is everybody, and the stories of their satanic rituals and shit that they were doing. They're just enjoying their life, their culture. They were trying to find peace Religion. and community. Yeah, I I have a much more positive outlook on voodoo since yeah. starting this podcast. Truly, if you needles, all should too. Needles and dolls. I want to chase voodoo doll right now. What are you gonna do with me if you had one? I don't want to know. I'll tell you what I, he would do. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can you listeners guess what I what motion I just made? <laughs> Can you hear this? <laughs> That's the Velcro of his clothing coming off. <laughs> uh! That's his leg spreading. <laughs> tickle, tickle, tickle. What? That's his taint. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I would do is I would get the needle and I would split it right in between your ass cheeks and just make you have a huge warp gate as an asshole. Why? It already does. <laughs> I know. It's going to be even worse. How freaked out would you be if you tried to do that and then the needle just disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> the warp gate exists in all planes of reality. <laughs> I feel like his, his asshole is the devil's tramping ground. His asshole is the zeroth dimension. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything that is and could be that isn't. <laughs> I'd be terrified. I'd be <laughs> so terrified. Be going to be, has been, has done, has I, passed through the I want to go on a walk with Papa Legba and join his his realm of both worlds. See, the thing about it with, like... He's the traveler of purgatory, and you guys aren't even noticing this, man. He, yeah, he, but, but here's the difference, though. He travels purgatory, but he's above and beyond that. He's granting wishes or ruining lives. True, but he's able to go into purgatory, see the spirits, while also roaming the normal world. The I we've talked so much about like witchcraft and voodoo and everything. There's certain things that I think I want to try myself, but I feel like I need to have such an extensive knowledge and backing before I try it. That's what's holding me back. Yeah, because what if you fuck up one little detail? Yeah, and I don't want to be cursed by a loa for the rest of my life. Definitely they really not. exist. Because what if they give you something good? What if they do good things for you and all you had to do was turn left instead of right? You know, like yeah. that simple. Or like uh, the one day I forget to put a fucking uh, Reese's Pieces on the counter or something. Oh, I know. Or my cat eats it. Yeah. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. Oh, not the cat. Well, the cats are protectors of the underworld. Oh, or wait, gosh. they are the underworld. They Why are. Why are you freaked out Satan. about me giving my cat a Reese's Pieces? I hate, I hate cats. Chase hates cats too. You hate cats, but you pet my cat the other night. Yeah, I wanted to see if the demon would actually touch me. Oh, my God. She literally just laid there and stared at him like, yeah, sure. Thanks for petting me. Yeah, it looked like Lucifer staring down my throat. Because it is Lucifer. They are No scary. wonder why I've been little, having little, vivid little. Dr- dreams. Hunter, you want to know this? Yeah, sure. I guess last night my astral body opened up my phone, looked at a message from Chase at 1241 in the mor- morning, and uh, I can't remember a fucking thing. Why were you texting him at 12.41? Oh, no, I texted him at, like, fucking 9 o'clock. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I feel left. I and was asleep. No, I was, yeah, I texted him about the class we had today, and um, I woke up this morning to see if he saw it because he didn't reply because I figured he was asleep already. And it said red at 12.21, and I'm like, the fuck? Hmm. The fuck was he doing up at 12? Strange. Right? Strange. Weird. Well, if you guys have any stories about being in a voodoo cult or in the religion practicing it, maybe you even have a voodoo doll. Let us know. We want to see pictures of real voodoo dolls that you guys keep around the house. And email us at stuckinthispurgatory at gmail.com. Or go check out our Instagram. We're getting a little bit more sophisticated in our uh, postings. So check out those nice pictures that we spent lots of time doing for you guys. It's at Stuck in This Story. If you are 
someone who practices voodoo, please reach out to us. I am dying to learn more and know more about this because it is fucking wild. And I think it'd be even cooler to know more about it and maybe even like practice something, like just a basic thing. I don't need something that's going to fuck my life up, but just something interesting so I can go to New Orleans and be like, check this shit out. And maybe, just maybe, the voodoo spirits will come out for me. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your spooky season. You know, if you're uh, interested in voodoo and you see Papa Legba, you know, just hanging out, doing this pimp daddy walk with his cane, you know, in and out of realities, don't forget to leave him a candy bar. Because if you forget to leave the candy bar, you might just be stuck in this purgatory. <laughs>